It's TechBiter Worldwide. I'm Bill Blinn with an hour's worth of technology news in about 20 minutes. That's because we leave out the sports, most of the jingles, the weather, and the commercials. Podcast number 304 for August 5th, 2012. This week, Microsoft Office 2013. It's only at the consumer preview stage, but already some people say they hate it. Why? Editing video in Photoshop, not new, but the CS6 version makes it a real contender. In short circuits, Sony continues to limp. Facebook's valuation drops even more. Crooks who run poker sites discover justice. And Windows 8 released to manufacturing. You might consider this humorous in kind of a non-funny way. Microsoft tosses a preview version of Office out for people to look at, and it seems like a pack of hungry dogs descending on an open box of steaks. Some of the dogs think it's delicious. Others just want to tear it to shreds. After having the opportunity to work with the Office 2013 preview edition for just a couple of weeks, I'm even more surprised by some of the comments, both from those who think it's horrible, as well as from those who think it's wonderful. In fact, much more has remained the same than has changed. But some of the changes are worth talking about. First, a few initial points. First of all, let's get the name right. It's Office 2013, but it's also Office version 15. Yeah, I know, Microsoft's numbering of its Office product has always been a little bit strange. Second, understand that I have reviewed Office 2013 on a desktop and a notebook computer, not a tablet. The Office applications can be used on tablets, but until and unless tablets can use keyboards and mice, and that would essentially make them notebook computers, wouldn't it? No sane person will use a tablet to do word processing, number crunching, or database management. We will use these tools on small, portable devices, but only for minimal ad hoc tasks. Another point, saving to or opening from SkyDrive is a lot slower than opening or saving locally. One more point, the plain Metro interface is okay, but I hope there's a way to change the color scheme because it seems to be overly light. Next point, the visual response is different. Everything seems to flow, and that includes the cursor as you're typing. At first, this may seem a little disconcerting, but I decided that I really do like the look within about five minutes. And finally, by default, Office 2013 is going to hook you up to Microsoft's SkyDrive, where you can store your documents for free, at least for now. Microsoft does say that it has plans for monetizing SkyDrive, and although details haven't yet been provided, the company says that SkyDrive Pro is coming. You can avoid SkyDrive if you want to, but I'd encourage you to leave it enabled. Try it. See what you think of it. For at least a year, I've used SkyDrive to make my OneNote files available from anywhere, and OneNote sold me on the advantages. 
The irony, of course, is that centralized computing was replaced by distributed computing starting in about the 1980s, early in the 1980s. Now we're going the other way, or maybe we're going a third way. Computing is still distributed. Applications are installed on powerful desktop and notebook computers, but the documents can be stored centrally, so they are available seamlessly from lots of locations. I've made fun of in-the-cloud computing for several years, but that's because of the silliness of the term, not the functionality it provides. When your files are stored online or in-the-cloud, it's easy to share them via the Internet. Invite people to view or edit documents by providing one of two kinds of links. One allows viewing only, the other allows editing. Post the document to one of several social networks. Set up an online presentation or publish your document as a blog post. All of these are available via SkyDrive. Office 2013 is really the first iteration of software as a service for Microsoft. Now that means software updates will be automatic, but it also means you will need a fast internet connection. You should have a reasonably powerful computer too, and you have to have a modern operating system. Office 2013 is available in both 32- and 64-bit versions, but you'd be wise to have a 64-bit computer with a 64-bit operating system. In addition, Office 2013 will run only on Windows 8 and Windows 7. Note that I have explicitly omitted Vista and Windows XP. I did that because Microsoft also explicitly omitted Vista, and Windows XP from the operating systems that Office 2013 will run on. So, a quick look at the applications themselves. Word 2013. The first thing you'll notice about Word 2013 is the interface's muted color scheme. You may notice that your Windows Live image is in the upper right corner, along with a smiley face. And the display will expand to include a smile and a frown. Selecting one or the other allows users to tell Microsoft about something they like, the smiley face, or something they don't like, the frown. You may also spot some new items in the ribbon, Design, Developer, and My Commands. The Developer tab isn't new, it's always been available, but it wasn't enabled by default. The Design tab simply reorganizes the overall document design options, the My Commands tab, that's a new location. It's a place where you can store commands that you use frequently. Track Changes has been radically reworked. In previous versions of Word, deletions were shown with a single strikethrough, and additions were shown with an underline. Now deleted text is simply removed, and there are no marks on the text for insertions. To review the changes, you display a sidebar that appears on the left. This replaces the widely despised bubble display, and it states explicitly who made every change and what exactly the change was. Although I haven't worked with this extensively, initially it does look like an improvement. If you're an editor who sends documents back to an author only to find that the author has turned off, tracked changes, made dozens or maybe hundreds of changes, and then return the file to you so that you can figure out what the changes were, 
Well, Microsoft apparently felt your pain. Now you can set track changes so that it cannot be turned off by anyone who doesn't know the password. And check out the new search feature. Control-F is still the command used to find text. Type the word you're looking for and Word displays the results in a column on the left and highlights the words in the primary column on the right. The left column even shows the word in context so you can immediately move to the exact instance you're looking for. And here's a new feature. You can edit a PDF. For several versions, Word has allowed users to save a document as PDF, but now you can also open a PDF and edit it. What's astonishing is the fact that it actually works amazingly well some of the time. I have tested this minimally, but I know that editing a PDF, even with Adobe Acrobat Pro, is fraught with frustration. Depending on how the PDF was created, Word may be able to edit it. But I have to offer this warning. PDFs really are not intended to be edited. Change the original document and create a new PDF. If for some reason you can't do that, well, then editing the PDF is a good fallback option. The second most popular application in the Office suite is Excel, so Excel 2013. You probably know that I'm more of a words person than a numbers person, but even so, I've always liked spreadsheet programs. Dan Bricklin's VisiCal was the application that guaranteed the success of Apple II computers. It was replaced by Lotus 123, and Borland Quattro. Microsoft released Multiplan and a few years later took a new approach with Excel, and, well, it's been Excel ever since. Probably the coolest new feature in Excel 2013 is called Flash Fill. Let's say you have a list of 1,000 names with the first name in column A and 1,000 last names in column B. You click in column C and fill in the first and last name of the first person on the list. You know, but you'd really like to not have to repeat that process 999 more times. Or 9,999 more times. Or 9,999,999. Well, you, you get the idea. You don't want to do this over and over and over. Okay, so this is easy. With the cursor on the second line of data, select Flash Fill on the data ribbon, and you're done. Just like that. But keep in mind that Flash Fill is a new function, and it may not always work the way that you think it will. If it works as expected, you've just saved a lot of tedious work. If it doesn't work as you thought it would, well, you're no worse off than you were before, and you can still accomplish a task such as this by writing a formula for one cell and then copying it to all the other cells. The formula for this particular trick is trivial, but still, each cell would be occupied by a formula, and you'd need one more step to convert the formula to text. Having Excel 2013 take care of everything in a single click is really appealing. How about OneNote 2013? Well, OneNote has been an indispensable part of my workflow since, oh, since about 2007. I use it to track program ideas for TechBiter Worldwide. I use it to record project status for clients. 
Except for the Metro interface, there's not a lot that's new with OneNote. Fortunately, OneNote 2013 uses the OneNote 2010 file format. The file formats are not the same between OneNote 2007 and OneNote 2010, although OneNote 2010 can read and write the older format. It's nice to have the formats remain the same. Access 2013? Well, yes, you can host your database on Microsoft's SkyDrive. Beyond that, the most significant improvement is probably one you won't even notice. Access applications will be faster. They might even be more reliable because of a new SQL Server database that's used to store the data. Advanced users who are already familiar with the SQL Server will be able to directly connect to this database for advanced reporting and analysis with tools such as Excel or Crystal Reports. PowerPoint? Well, we still have death by PowerPoint, even though it's 2013. PowerPoint will probably continue to be the most misused Microsoft application. People will still create pages that are full of text and then read them teleprompter-like as they put people to sleep. That, however, is not Microsoft's fault. In fact, Microsoft is trying to help. Plug in a projector, and PowerPoint will automatically mirror the desktop there. When you're ready to start the presentation, you can press Alt-5 to open the presenter view on your screen. You'll see the elapsed time and any notes you've written. If you really do need a teleprompter to deliver your talk, you can have PowerPoint enlarge the text on your screen. And finally, there's Outlook 2013. Well, Outlook is Outlook. I don't use Outlook except at the office where I'm required to use it. Some changes are apparent, though. Flags in Outlook now appear only if you hover the mouse over a message. You'll also find a weather report at the top of the calendar page. As much as I like New York, the default weather forecast for New York City really wasn't very helpful for me in Columbus. I will continue to use the BAT as my primary email program. Bottom line for Microsoft's Office Suite Consumer Preview... A big question mark. The next version of Microsoft's Office Suite brings a new look and some new features. Microsoft will need to squish a few bugs. For example, sometimes selecting a cell in Excel provides no visual feedback, and this can be just a little disconcerting. Overall, though, the appearance is good. Most of the new features are welcome additions. There's no cat rating this week because this is still technically a beta application. For more information, or if you'd like to download the Consumer Preview, visit the Microsoft Office 2013 Consumer Preview website, and guess what? You will find a link on the TechBiter Worldwide website. Photoshop CS6. Great for still images. What about video? Video? Well, yes, you can edit video in Photoshop and not just the extended version. But why would anybody want to edit video in Photoshop? One of the best reasons might be ease of use. Video is complicated. 
as anybody who's ever looked at Adobe Premiere will understand immediately. Photoshop CS6 reduces video editing to the very basics, but it also includes some surprisingly powerful options. Actually, video editing isn't new to this version of Photoshop, but the Mercury graphics engine and a variety of changes improve the usability, and you don't have to buy Photoshop Extended to obtain the feature. For testing, I grabbed a point-and-shoot camera that can create 1080p video. I sought out a cat, this is the internet after all, where cats rule, and I shot a few quick scenes. You'll see those on the TechBiter Worldwide website. The result, several minutes worth of video that I trimmed down to about 30 seconds. I then uploaded the video to Vimeo. Each video clip in Photoshop is considered to be a layer. In most cases, you'll string together the various clips one after the other, but you can place one video on top of another. Why? Well, at 0% transparency, the image on top will be the only one you see, so this is a handy way to insert a cutaway without trimming the main track. That's handy if the main track contains your soundtrack. Or you can increase the top layer's transparency to allow the bottom layer to show through. Most video clips have periods at the beginning or the end that you'll want to remove. After starting to record, the camera is still focusing or you're centering the image, for example, or there are extra frames at the end after the action you were recording has ended. Photoshop makes this easy. Just click a beginning or ending endpoint and drag it. A pop-up display will show you exactly where you are in the clip, and when you find the right spot, just let go. These edits are non-destructive. If you mask off too much, you can always get it back. And Photoshop performs what's called a ripple edit. That means if you have 37 clips in a row and you shorten the first clip by 3 seconds, all of the other clips shift to the left and fill in the space. You don't have to manually move any of the clips. You'll find a few transition effects in Photoshop, very few actually, and that's not a bad thing. Transitions are often overused. If you apply no transition effect, scenes will simply cut from one to another. And this is the type of transition that professionals use most of the time because it doesn't get in the way of the story. No fancy stuff, though. No twirls or spins or anything. The other options are simply fade in and fade out for the beginning and end of the video. Crossfade, also known as dissolve. Fade through black, fade through white, or fade through another color that you select. By default, the transitions are one second long, but you can change this if you want to. I used fade in at the beginning of the video, fade out at the end, and cuts for most of the internal sequences, but I did select crossfade for a couple of transitions. Possibly the most powerful feature is the ability to use Photoshop filters on these video scenes. To apply a filter, you need to convert the layer to a smart object, and that means the filters you apply are also non-destructive, so you can return anytime and modify the settings. You can add adjustment layers to modify color, contrast, levels, vibrance, and all the other functions available in Photoshop. The final scene in my little video, beginning at about the 25 second mark, was too dark, so I used an adjustment layer to make it brighter, and I also added an oil paint filter to that scene. The sound has been muted on each of the clips, 
and then I added a separate soundtrack. But what if you change your mind? Well, just go back to Photoshop and change it. To illustrate that editing is non-destructive, I modified the edit point slightly, also added a hue saturation adjustment to one of the scenes. Pay particular attention and watch for a green cat. And instead of straight cuts, I used crossfade transitions between all of the scenes. This makes a difference in the look and feel of the piece. You'll find the second version also on the TechBiter Worldwide website. Photoshop really shines when you've finished working on the video and you want to export it for others to view. It's not uncommon for video editing programs to present a huge array of confusing choices. If you're not a video expert, you'll probably be intimidated even by Photoshop's relatively basic rendering functions. But fear not. Just select the H.264 format and pick a preset for YouTube or Vimeo. Those are the two most popular video sharing sites. You can pick that from a list of options. And it's really that simple. Or if you're targeting an iPad or an Android or some other device, select that option. The only caution I feel compelled to issue is this one. You must have a powerful computer to edit video in Photoshop or anything else. Now, by powerful, I mean a CPU with as many cores as you can afford, a 64-bit operating system, at least 8 gigabytes of RAM, and 16 would be a lot better, fast disk drives, and note the plural. There should be at least two physical drives, not just a single drive with two partitions. And you also need a fast video subsystem. You can edit video with a less powerful computer, but the experience is going to be far less than enjoyable. Bottom line, yes, Photoshop really can edit video. Four cats. I've already rated Photoshop CS6 as a five-cat application, but the video editing capability deserves its own rating, and it deserves an explanation. The video component receives a 4-cat rating because it is clearly the first generation of a newly enhanced feature set. Some bits of the user interface are still just a little clunky, but it's a solid application nonetheless, and it is perfect for the person who needs to occasionally cut together a short video. Keywords here, occasional and short. If you need to work on longer videos, or if you need to edit video frequently, all right, spend a few bucks. Buy Premiere Elements. And of course, if you're a professional, well, then you're going to want the full Adobe Video Editing Suite, which is centered around Premiere, but includes a lot of other applications. Compared to Premiere, Photoshop's editing functions would barely rate a 1CAT rating. But TechBiter ratings are based on how well a product meets the needs of its target market. And I think for this target market, it's dead on. For more information, you can visit the Photoshop CS website. You'll find a link on the TechBiter Worldwide website. In short circuits, Sony's miseries continue. Back in April, I wrote that Sony seemed to have lost its way. At the time, Sony increased its loss projections to an astounding 
$1.5 billion. I noted that Sony hadn't reported a profit since 2008. Well, since then, the fiscal year has ended, and it ended a little better than expected with the loss of just $5.8 billion. For the quarter just ended, Sony reported a loss of $316 million. That's close to double the company's reported loss for the same quarter a year ago. The yen is strong against the dollar right now, and that hurts exports from Japan. And liquid crystal television sales have declined overall, not just for Sony, but across the board. Sony once had the most revered name in television technology, but that spot has largely been taken over by Samsung. Sony has nothing to match any of Apple's devices, but the company's new president says that he has plans to turn the company around. How? By cutting jobs. Sony will dump 10,000 employees and expects to be profitable by March of next year. The cuts will eliminate about 6% of Sony's jobs worldwide. The company hasn't been doing much better in movies or music. Sony Pictures had a losing year, and Sony Music reported lower sales and profits. That leaves the PlayStation division. Well, sales declined for PlayStation 3, and also for the software that runs on those devices. Facebook's continuing decline on Wall Street is apparently causing some distress in Sacramento because expected tax revenues won't be realized. A little over a week ago, the share prices dropped by more than 8% in a single day. In the week just ended, declines weren't as sharp, but there were still declines. In May, Facebook's IPO priced the company at $104 billion, 38 bucks a share. Now it's about half that, with share prices hovering around $20. Facebook is profitable, though, and second quarter revenue exceeded expectations. The user base inched upward, too, and is on track to reach 1 billion users. How are California's fortunes tied to Facebook's valuation? Well, the Los Angeles Times explains it this way, and I quote, Every drop is another problem for California's budget, which had expected shares to hold steady at $35. That's the price used by Governor Jerry Brown's administration when it predicted the state would reap $1.9 billion in tax revenue related to Facebook's initial public offering next July. The Times notes that that is assuming voters approve Brown's plans for tax hikes in November. The Nonpartisan Legislative Analysts Office, which provides budget advice to lawmakers, released a new report on Wednesday saying that if the lower share prices persist through November and December, hundreds of millions of dollars of income tax revenue assumed in the state budget plan are at risk. That's the word from the Los Angeles Times. Sick Transit, Gloria Mundi. Poker stars and full-tilt poker have been brought to justice in the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of New York. 
These are two of the largest online poker companies in the world, and they have agreed to pay more than $700 million to settle charges that include money laundering and fraud. Full Tilt Poker is located in Dublin, Ireland. Poker Stars is off the Irish coast on the Isle of Man. Poker Stars will pay the U.S. government $547 million and will also acquire Full Tilt Poker because Full Tilt, and wow, is that an appropriate name or what? Because Full Tilt failed to return money to its customers, Poker Stars will make $184 million available to players who are owed refunds. Okay, internal note to myself. Start watching for spams that offer millions from fraudulent poker operations. You know these are going to come. U.S. Attorney Preet Bharara says that a third company, Absolute Poker Ultimate Bet, has reached an agreement with federal authorities and will surrender all of its assets to the government. What's the government going to do with a poker well, never mind. The government charged the online poker operations with running what was essentially a Ponzi operation, and criminal charges are still pending against 11 people. Seven have entered guilty pleas, four fled, including the founder of Poker Stars, Isay Scheinberg. Microsoft says that Windows 8 is complete and has been released to manufacturing. This starts the process of making installable versions available to computer OEMs and working with companies that create installation disks, seal them inside shrink-wrapped boxes, and deliver them to stores in time for the 26th of October when PCs that have Windows 8 installed will go on sale, along with copies of the operating system for use in upgrading existing computers and for use on new computers. Microsoft says that members of the Microsoft Partner Network and IT professionals who have TechNet subscriptions will be able to download the installation software on the 16th of August. Hmm, I guess I know what I'll be doing that day. OEMs such as Dell, Lenovo, Toshiba, Acer, and Asus already have the operating system code. If you plan to upgrade, and my caution is not to upgrade a Vista or Windows XP computer, even though you can, and not to upgrade any older hardware, but if you want to do that, you're going to be able to buy an online upgrade program for 40 bucks. If you purchase a new computer with Windows 7 between now and the end of January 2013, you'll be able to upgrade it for $15. <laughs> Thanks for listening to TechBiter Worldwide, the weekly podcast with an hour's worth of technology news in about 20 minutes. All music on TechBiter Worldwide is licensed under the Creative Commons, and information about performers is on the website, www.techbiter.com. I'm Bill Blinn, and if you'd like, you can also send me a message from the website. Thanks for listening. I look forward to talking with you again in a week.